Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Just $4.99 a month for your all-access pass. Playing now on Fandor is Rolling Stone, The Life and Death of Brian Jones. This film, which was clearly made without the cooperation of the band, examines the life of the career of Brian Jones, the founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another video podcast brought to you by the beautiful people at Fandor. My name is Human, and my co Guy, Chris Kelly is in. Mm-hmm. Where are you, Chris? I'm remote in Carmel at the San Lucia Preserve, uh, oh, enjoying nice. a beautiful day down here. But this is important. So here I am on Zoom. Or and, sucks to be Chris, yeah. man. It's rough <laughs> yeah. life. And our amazing producer, Bryn. Yep. Hi, Good Bryn. to be here, guys. Hi, oh, Hi Camille. Camille. How are you? And there's Camille Grip. This, this is, is like a milk. schizophrenic link. It jumps from screen to screen, right? Well, listen, we're a little bit more sophisticated than the other interviews you've done. I just want you to know that. And our questions are going to be better, too. And our amazing guest, Camille Griffin. Camille Griffin's new film is called Silent Night. And, uh, Camille, I just want to begin by saying I have to watch so many movies. We have to watch so many movies that are just so mediocre and not good. And your movie comes along, and it's just it's just a gem. And I just before we get into the interview, I'm not uh, just kissing your ass. I just want you to know it's well deserved. You made a great movie. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's a uh, relief because sometimes you do press, you do interview, you're like you can't tell if they like it, and you're looking for clues. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Like, we're, we're pretty straightforward here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If so it was ter- thank you so much. If it was terrible, we wouldn't tell you, but I do want you to know it's good. All right, can you talk about when the wind blows and how that was in some ways a catalyst for Silent Night? It's interesting because um, I didn't even know if it was like a conscious thing, but someone mentioned it. No, someone asked me if I'd seen The Beach at Toronto, and I, ha- I didn't even... Well, I did- well yeah, t- I take it... Take everyone back to what, what when the wind blows. Like, tell tell everyone the story real quick. Okay, so where the wind blows, I haven't seen since I was a child. So I was right. probably maybe nine, eight, nine, <laughs> ten. Um, but Raymond Briggs is a famous cartoonist. I think you'd call him a cartoonist in the United Kingdom. And he um he wrote a famous uh, cartoon. Is it a cartoon? It's a picture book with co- yeah, I think it is. Well, oh, it's a cartoon. It's a graphic cartoon. novel. Yeah. yeah, called The Snowman. Uh, that they made into a movie and they made a snowman too. Anyway, he wrote uh, and made a film about an old couple living in a, a rural uh, little house during uh, a nuclear war. 
And I and I watched it because I I thought well that Raymond Briggs makes movies about you know snowmen and kids and you know, and uh, it was very unexpected because it was completely and utterly traumatizing. Um, <laughs> but I what it did do for me in, at that age was like introduced me to what a nuclear war was, and I was I I was probably too young, but I never really recovered. Actually, I remember going into kind of like a an existential uh, breakdown as a kid go, wow, we're all going to die, you know, one day. Right. Um, and I wasn't kind of prepared to have those feelings of fear. So I think it's never, it's never left me. I might have to turn the light down. I've got a light on next to me. And do I'm it. Like, turn the light spot. down. Yeah, yeah. All I can do is see the spots on my face. It's really <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. Your, your, your living room is lovely, by the oh, way. Yeah, it's very what, nice. What, uh, blow it up, Bryn, so we can see your living room. Oh, you got it. Let me just do it like this Let's, real quick. Um, you... Cheers. I'm okay. So I highly recommend everyone go watch this cartoon because uh, it's on Amazon. I, I found it for a buck ninety nine. Where the wind blows, it's it's definitely worth checking out. All right, let's talk about your film. I have very specific questions about scenes in your movie, and I watched some other interviews you did, and people were talking about your film kind of generally. I don't want to do that. I want to talk about it specifically. Right. So for this interview to make sense, you're going to have to go watch Silent Night. Okay. So the children in your movie are all great actors well done with the cast and kudos and they swear a lot there's a lot of swearing i was shocked at how much swearing there was how did that go over with their parents and talk about the rehearsals for those scenes Okay, so I don't know if you, you're, I don't, I'm assuming you don't know this. So the kids are my kids, the boys. Okay, you're great. <laughs> oh, those are your kids. Yeah. Oh, you have somewhat easier, right? <laughs> you you have twin boys? In the background are the kids who are swearing in the movie. So that kind of thing. <laughs> um, and actually, I think I, when I saw the film again in Toronto, I was like, God, oh, there's a lot of swearing. What was I yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought, I thought it'd be funny that as like a special treat, you know, the kids were allowed to swear because it was the end of the world you know curse you guys use the word curse i was like right. that might be funny but they won't stop swearing so i was watching the movie i was like oh my god there's so much swearing oh, <laughs> and we'd cut half of it out as well um but we do in the uk uh we curse a lot you do I think okay. in, in america you guys are much you're much actually more uh, better behaved around that kind of language, use of bad language than we are. So um, I don't encourage swearing. In fact, I, I try to stop my children swearing. But then we got on the set of Jojo Rabbit and that all like went to shit. <laughs> they swear a lot, the Kiwis. So they were all swearing. Um, but but yeah. there were other kids in the film besides your kids. And the their parents... Boys. Yeah. The three, boys are mine. the three kids, the three boys are mine. Oh, the three boys. Okay. And the one girl. Okay. And then Davida is um, Thomas McKenzie's little sister, you know, from um, Last Night in Soho, who was in Jojo Rabbit with Roman Thomas. Right. Okay. And so I, I definitely knew that um, whoever were the kids were going to be, they needed to be like in a safe environment to deal with this crazy material and these traumatizing. And I knew my kids would just laugh and find it funny. And uh, they were used so, to some dysfunction. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Let's talk about the moment where they say grace at the table. Yes. So I go to church every Sunday. I love Jesus. And you've got this very charming moment that I don't know. Like, did this really happen where one person starts praying and then another person just takes over and another like how how did that come about? Okay, well, I apologize because I think it's a little bit. There was a gasp in one of the screenings I went to when he, when in the car, when they get, 
and they're like <laughs> so um i was brought up in a religious i went to um i went to private school to boarding school when i was seven and um and we had to go to church every Sunday and we'd save grace uh, in the school dining room before every meal, you know, for what we're about to receive, may the lawmakers truly thank you. Um, so they've got this, they've, they've given this, the children, of, you know, I don't know, I don't think they're a particularly religious family, but they've given this children like, we're going to be fine, we're going to heaven and, and it's going to be lovely and it's going to be really fun and fantastic up there. So, so then they have to tie it in with saying grace and they probably said grace like we did as kids, which was for what we're about to receive, may the lawmakers truly thank you. Um, but the, the job is given to Matthew Good, and uh, he doesn't want to say. Right. <laughs> so they, they all they all pitch in, you know. They pitch in with the pretense of like, let's just let's let's look, let's look at the positivity in this situation. Uh, Kira Knightley said something interesting when we were being uh, interviewed in Toronto. She said um, what she liked about the script there was like a feminine feminine approach to the apocalypse, and we see. I love the uh, you know the day after tomorrow. Or, you know, when men make a, apocalyptic movies, they spend the whole time trying to get into spaceship and build uh, colonies on Mars or destroy the comet. And she liked the fact they they don't do any of that because they can't. They're just like, okay, well, let's just make the most of it. You know? Yeah. And I think there's something kind of not necessarily truthful about it, but um, interesting that uh, that these people are just literally trying to make the most of it for themselves and their kids. Um. All right. I wanna I wanna tell you your cast is great. Kira Knightley. Roman Davis, Matthew Good, all did amazing jobs. But do you know who stole the movie? Do you know who was your best person? Well, if I say, then I'm kind of... I well, think I'll say it. I'm going to say it, and then you can just, like, scratch your nose if you agree. Annabelle Wallace. <laughs> do you know what? I think Annabelle... Oh. Yes. Gosh. I, I'm going to scratch my nose because I have to say... <laughs> I have to say... She had the biggest departure in terms of what we've seen on screen with Annabelle. And she really went for it. And I think Lucy Punch is a phenomenal actress. They were all phenomenal in the film. And Kira did something incredibly brave considering her history of the role, the play she, um, the roles she plays on screen. But I think Annabelle is amazing because she's ghastly, isn't she? She's this oh. dreadful character, but she does it so beautifully. The best. And, uh, yeah. Uh I'm looking. I'm very much looking forward to showing this to my kids, both because they enjoyed Jojo Rabbit so much, um, but also because I, I showed them the Imitation Game the other night, which is the first time they've seen Kira in anything but you know Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So um, you know, get a, get a different exposure. Well, <laughs> for, for her as well. This is an ultra different exposure, Chris. Wait till you see her in this. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go back to Annabelle Wallace for a quick second. Yeah. I want to talk about hug your mom. Oh yes! Oh my God, that could that that could very well be one of the like that that could be the best scene. I mean, it was so it's funny. How did that it's come about? Scene. Talk about hug your mom, and you can set up the whole scene if you want. It'll be well, better from you. An absolute credit to Annabelle, and I don't even know if this was a good thing. I I laughed a lot on set, and 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 <laughs> I laughed a lot, and often they'd be like. She'd be like, Cammy, I can hear you laughing. Cut. We have to cut. I'd be like, sorry, cut, cut. Okay, let's do it again. Because I'd be like, <laughs> um, hug your mom. I mean, I just think she's hilarious because her, her daughter's kind of slightly kind of uh, disattached to her emotions. I don't know if she's necessarily on the spectrum. And I don't want to be, I'm definitely on the spectrum of some kind. So I don't want to be disrespectful about that. But um, 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Who'd want to have a mom like that? And I just thought it was hilarious, the idea that... So... So in the scene, the, the mom gives her daughter a Christmas gift. The, the daughter... The dad does. The dad does it. Oh, he the dad does. He wants all the credit. Right. He's like, he's bought a present that gives him credit. It's like, you're the best dad in the whole wide world. So, and she's like, well, because most parents or people buy gifts from the both of them, right? Yes. But he's, <laughs> done slightly, he's done a slightly mean thing. He's... She's bad cop. He's good cop, and he's taking advantage of being good cop. So he's bought her a present, and he gets all the he gets all the uh, the celebration and thanks. And, and this like, is this is his way of getting revenge because she basically walks all over him the rest of the movie. It, it's just it's just so smart. Okay, l- listen, I want to ask a, a philosophical question here. Are you enjoying this interview so far? By the way, yeah, of course I am. I hope you okay. don't mind that I'm smoking. It is just a robot. yeah, smoke away, oh, he's smoke. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Our boss, our boss, Phil, smokes a pipe at every single one of our conference calls. So we're used to it. (laughs) What's up, Phil? All right. um, Shout out to Phil. (laughs) So this is kind of the sign of the times question. In your film, there's a lot of intense, brutally honest moments. 
and there isn't any political correctness. And right now, we live in a time where you just can't say anything without everyone claiming to be offended. Do you think in 2021, a night like this, like your movie, could actually happen where everyone is brutally honest and everyone still forgives everyone and moves on and they're still friends? Do you think this happens today? Well, yes and no. But the point is, in trying to parody the class system that I have, my class system that I was brought up in and the challenges I have with that, um, I think... In, in essence, the privileged get away with a lot, right? Right. And 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 we see that we see that all the time, and we're also seeing that in the courtroom at the moment. You know, with the whole the trials that just finished with the the shootings, and the fact is, why do why do white posh people get away, or why do the white uh, privileged get away with behavior? And I think behind closed doors, they get away with a lot worse. So the two questions is, do I think you can behave like an asshole with your friends? Yes if there's enough love in history, um, the political, the in- political, uh, the incorrectness um, in the movie was intentional because I'm trying to comment about the, the behavior they think they can get away with, you know, in, in society. But it is offensive and it's intended to be offensive, but I think maybe given where we're at now, um, it's perhaps too offensive at times, but I think it's, it's, the, it's the kind of microaggression that people suffer every day and, 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 one of, uh, one of the journalists at the Daily Mail in the UK, he, he said how grateful he was to see that kind of the, converse, the racist comments portrayed because it's, uh, it's the comments that he has to put up with daily at work, you know, that are, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the more subtle um, innuendos and, and comments. So I, I think that's what you're talking about. Is that what you're talking about? It is what I'm talking about. But I'm also like, you know, political correctness, in my opinion, can go too far and often does go too far. And you just punch it right in the face and you let loose and there's no rules and it's just genuine. It's just real. And nobody's having to pretend to walk on eggshells in your film at all. No one walks on eggshells. No, Everyone. And that's it's the, end, it's the end of the world. I mean, <laughs> it's the end of the world. <laughs> They've got nothing to lose. One. And two, they don't think they're on, they're being questioned. You know, they don't think they're under anyone's examination. It's like, who are we when we're being watched and who are we when we're not being watched? You know, I think a long time ago, a friend of mine who's an actress, she said, uh, when she makes decisions since she like, in, in life, she says, uh, would I do this if someone was photographing me doing that? And there's a whole cancel culture now, which is what you're saying, which is like, right. who are we under examination and who are we actually truthfully? You know, so I think that is always... And if you can't put it on screen and you can't have fun with it, you know, how can we examine ourselves if we can't take the piss out of ourselves a bit, you know? Right, and so right. And I think as a filmmaker, uh, I think if you're going to make a film that you care about or that you're, that you're going to be proud of, then you have to put your shit on the screen, you know? Let's end with this question here because we're running out of time and I know you have one more interview after this. Tell- Sorry. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Like, it's all we're good. blessed to have this time with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm blessed. Thank you. Uh, tell us two or three movies that inspired you, movies that you love that have stayed with you over the years. Maybe movies we may not have heard of, maybe movies that are super popular, but, but films that just really touched you. I think about that a lot because obviously I like to show movies to my kids, but also they're getting older and I don't want to also traumatize them because I think, you know, having me as a mother is traumatic enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, um, 
you know, I love the film Festen. Did you ever see Festen? No, the tell us about film. it. Oh, it's incredible. And it's, um, I suppose there's comparisons. It's about uh, a family get together. It's a Danish film. And, and uh, they're celebrating the father's like 70th birthday or something. And one of the kids uh, has been abused in his past and he wants to get it out and no one, and they lock him up and they throw him out and they do everything they can to shut him up. They just, uh, they just won't let him speak the truth. And I, and I remember seeing that film. It's, um, you know, it's not an easy film to watch, but I remember thinking, wow, this really, that really spoke to me. Hmm. Um, it's F-E-S-T-I-N, Festin? Yes. Okay. All right. What yeah. else? Um, it's Vinterberg, I think, Thomas Vinterberg. I mean, it's one of his greatest movies. Um, and I, you know, we watched, we did a whole Hitchcock thing, uh, during lockdown. I'm obsessed with Cary Grant. Yes. Um, I dare say it, but I do really, um, love Roman Polanski movies. I named Roman after Polanski, which is again, very politically incorrect, but he was the artist in a number of different cases, the, the number of good different cases you have to, right? Yeah. But I mean, like he, he's a very special filmmaker. So the kids saw Rosemary's Baby for the first time the other day. Wow. Um, I also, uh, I, you know, it's maybe again a politically incorrect to say, but I also think Woody Allen's funny. <laughs> but you know, but we, you know, he it doesn't mean he's a good person. We know that that's definitely on uh, on the line right now. Yeah. Um, so I think there's some definitely questionable people have made some very impactful films that I've experienced in my life. And yeah. I grew up loving French cinema. I, there was a film called Trop Belle Pour Toi, which was a Depardieu movie where he's married to the most beautiful woman on earth, but he just wants to shag his. Kind of unattractive secretary. I, I just like that. Um, Sounds like I, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can yeah, I say like that? you know, I think just I like hu humanity stories. Where, but I also like action movies and romantic comedies. And, but I do like something a little bit, you know, that pushes the boundaries. Remind us the Gerard Depardieu movie. What's it called again? Trop belle, trop belle pour toi, which is too beautiful oh. for me. Oh, nice. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's a direct influence, but I'm just saying. These were films I grew up uh, watching and I was like, wow, you know, I mean, Rosemary's Baby, you know, when I was pregnant with the twins, I was like, oh my God, I, what's going on, Ben? I was like, Ben, this, I, the devil's inside me. We need to get to the doctors. And they scanned me. They were like, you're having twins. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, it's all good now. Right? Yeah. yeah, but you know, so I think cinema has always had a huge impact on me growing up. Her um, name, her name is Camille Griffin. Her film is Silent Night. It's on AMC Plus, correct? Absolutely, yes. And is it there... was in the cinemas too. Yeah. Oh, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. December third. They they said it will. So the <laughs> <laughs> Camille, I just want to end by saying you are such a joy to talk to. We do a ton of interviews. You're so pleasant and. Uh, this is going to seem weird, but I hope one day our paths cross and we oh, can have 100%. a cup of have a cup of coffee and just hang yeah. out. That's you know? very kind of you, and you're always welcome to reach out. And very lovely to meet you, chaps. And awesome. yeah, you too. Thanks for your uh, great good questions. Good to meet you, Camille. Oh, was it good? Yeah, really good. Uh, really great. fun. All right. <laughs> I'm going to call right. Annabelle and tell her she's got a major fan in you. I want to say if she's single, I would. I just want to throw. I, I want to throw my name into the hat. Yes. Okay. I'll definitely tell her. Yeah, Hooman. My name is Hooman. Okay. Name is Hooman. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, right? Yeah. Right. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay. All right, Cam all right, Camille. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks so Camille. much. All right. Take Have care. a great day. Right. Thanks for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Fandor. Sign up online or in the app for a free one-week trial. Playing now on Fandor is Rolling Stone, The Life and Death of Brian Jones. This film 
which was clearly made without the cooperation of the band, examines the life of the career of Brian Jones, the founder and original leader of the Rolling Stones. That's Fandor, F-A-N-D-O-R, the home for cinephiles. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 